Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The key, I've realised, to praying as a disciple is knowing who you're talking to. The key to praying as a disciple is knowing, knowing clearly and strongly who it is that you are talking to. For the last eight weeks or so, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount and it's been crucial to know who we've been listening to, that he is God's king, that he is God's prophet. And so Jesus says, the wise man is he who hears my words and puts them into practice. Now as we turn to prayer, the key is to realise who you're listening to. And when you know who you're talking to, rather, and when you know who you're talking to, then you will know how to pray. That is what the disciples' prayer is all about. Have a look at it there in verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Who are you talking to when you pray? Well, that's a very easy question. You're talking to God. But who is God? For many people in our world, God is an unknown, unknowable power, a consciousness that binds us all together. The Jews knew that was a load of rubbish. They knew that God was a creator the creator of the world who is a person with intentions and purposes and who had revealed himself to his people and told them what to call him. Call me Yahweh, he said. I am who I am. The Jews, by Jesus' day, had really thought it was too risky to use that name and so when they prayed, they would call God Lord, Almighty Lord. But what does Jesus do? Jesus goes where angels fear to tread. He calls God Father. And so when Jesus prayed, the Lord's Prayer, you would call it, he would say, My Father. And he had it on good authority, didn't he? At his baptism, God himself said, This is my Son. So now Jesus, here in Matthew 6, says to his disciples, Come over here where angels fear to tread. He's my father and he's your father as well. 
And not just you can refer to him as your father, you can call him that when you pray. Here is the disciples' prayer. Say, our father. How can that be true? Because Jesus is the son. And through his death, through his resurrection, when we are in him, do you see, we're adopted. Adopted as sons and daughters so that God is our father. God then sends his spirit so that we call upon God as our father. And so Jesus teaches his disciples ahead of time, really. This then is how you should pray, our father. It's extraordinarily intimate, isn't it? Can you imagine the shock on the disciples' faces? This then is how you should pray. Our Father. Can you imagine them trembling as they prayed that way for the first time? Not only can we call to God in prayer, we get to call him Father. Our Father. How could you possibly not bother to pray when you have that sort of access? How could you possibly think, I'm too busy? When you get to call God our Father. And this means not just that you will pray when you realize who you're talking to. It tells you what to call him when you pray. I've noticed that different groups of Christians have different habits of praying. Have you ever noticed that when you're with different different groups of Christians? Some will say, dear God, when they gather together to pray. Some will say, Lord God. Some will say, Lord. Some will say, God. Some will say, Father God. It's all sort of the same in each group, do you see? You get into the habit and you copy those around you. Does it matter what you call him? Well, some people call me Sean. Some people, when they're having a go, like to call me rector or reverend. Some people call me Sandy. (laughs) Almost all of those are right. But my children should call me dad because that is who I am to them. God is the Lord Almighty. But to us, he is our father. And that's what we should call him. If that's not your habit, make it a habit. Because it'll teach you as you use it. Now for some people that's hard to do because when you think of your father, that's not how you want to have God. All fathers are evil, says Jesus, but some are more evil than others and some of us have had a difficult relationship with our father, so it's hard to call God father. We're angry with our fathers perhaps because we know what a father should be like, which ought to show us that there is a heavenly father who is better. Our father knows how to give good gifts to his children. Our father knows what we need before we ask him. So call him our Father. Realize who you're praying to. You will pray then and you will know what to call him. It'll teach you too how to pray. 
not like the pagans. Do you see it there, verse 8? When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In every other religion, people use many words. People babble because they think that way their God will hear them. In one particular religion, they recite words in a foreign language to themselves five times a day. Words from a book about God, but not really to God, and they think they'll be heard because of their many words. In some religions, you not only say the words again and again and again, you burn incense because you think that will get God's attention. Some people who call themselves Christians do the same sort of thing. They repeat a prayer again and again and again as their fingers move along the beads of a necklace. I was at a Christian meeting this week and the speaker who was on the stage was praying. He prayed at the end of his prayer, In Jesus' name! In Jesus' name! In Jesus' name! Again and again and again because somehow God would hear him. We esteem long prayer meetings, don't we? As if if you pray for a long time, God will hear. We think if you have a 24-hour prayer meeting with a roster, so there's someone praying on every hour, God will certainly hear. Wrong, says Jesus. You won't be heard because of your many words. Our Father, he knows what you need before you ask him. So you don't need to explain everything or even justify your request. You're not writing a persuasive text so that God will share your opinion and grant you your request. Have you ever not been sure how to explain or justify or persuade what you're asking for and so you've held back from praying? No, says Jesus. Just go ahead and ask. Have you ever not been sure what on earth to pray for? You just know that someone needs your prayers. Go ahead and ask, even if you just mention their name, says Jesus. God knows what they need, even before you ask, because he is our Father. When you realise who you are talking to, you will pray. You'll want to pray. You'll know what to call him. And you will simply ask with confidence. Well, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. If you learnt the old version, it was our Father who art in heaven. It's got nothing to do with painting or music. It meant is, our Father who is is in heaven. In other words, it's not just saying it's the heavenly father as opposed to the earthly father, so you know which one you're talking to. No, it's our father who is in heaven. Who is he? He's the one who rules in heaven. It's not so much a place up there as a realm where his rule is not opposed, where he is glorified, where he has all power. This is how you should pray our Father in heaven. President Obama has two daughters. You'd think it was strange, wouldn't you, 
if they addressed him like this, our father who is in the White House. You'd think that was strange, inappropriate, wouldn't you? Because they should just call him father or dad because that's who he really is. But do you see, being in the White House is just a role. It's a temporary role that Obama has. But he will is really and he will always be their father and so they should call him father. It's different with God. He is our father and he is also in heaven. That is who he is. It's who he always has been, is now and always will be. That is part of who he is. And so we need to pray our Father in heaven. Why is it so good that we're praying to our Father in heaven? I was at Courage on Nursing Home a couple of weeks ago and I was speaking about this passage. And I said to them there at the beginning of my talk, do you ever feel like you can't do all the things you used to be able to do? Do you ever feel useless? Do you ever feel powerless? Do you ever feel unimportant? I had their complete attention because that is exactly how you feel in a nursing home. Unfortunately that day, it was dress-up day for the staff and their theme was uh, mafia, uh, the 1930s, and flappers, if you know what flappers were. And just at that moment, as I had everyone's attention, two of the staff escorted an old lady into the room and helped her to sit down. They were dressed, of course, as mafia, 1930, so one of them was dressed in a very nice floral flapper dress, which would have been fine, except that he was quite tall and stockier than I was, and the whole crowd just burst out laughing and the moment was lost. Eventually she sat down, this lady, and I said, as I was saying, do you ever feel useless? Do you ever feel powerless? Do you ever feel unimportant? What is the answer to those three things, even if you are in a nursing home? The answer is prayer. And why is prayer the answer? Because we pray to our Father in heaven. He has all power. He knows what we need before we ask him. He knows how to give good gifts. And he has the power to do it. So would you bother praying? Of course you would. It's not just, though, that he is powerful. That's not just what... Our Father in heaven means for our prayers. It means his agenda must determine what we pray for, how we pray. As a father, I think my job is to provide for my children and to guide them as they grow up. And when they ask for things that they need, I try to provide them. When they ask for advice, I try to give it. I try to set a good example. But I'm trying to grow them to independence. When it comes to their adult lives, it is their agenda and not mine. What they do in life, what they like to enjoy, where they go, is their choice, not mine. And so the other day when my oldest daughter asked me for some advice about how she should work out who to vote for in the federal election because she'd never done it before, 
She wasn't asking me who to vote for. And I wasn't going to tell her who to vote for. She just wanted some advice on where to find some information. My agenda does not determine her agenda. Do you see? It is different with God. He is our Father in heaven. He has an agenda for the world. And if he is our Father, his agenda must be our agenda. And that means his agenda must change our prayers. You can pray about anything at all because he is our father. He knows what we need and he loves to answer our prayers. But he loves it. And Jesus teaches us that God's agenda must determine how we pray. Let's have a look at it, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a lot of confusion about this request, this prayer, and for centuries children have wondered, why does God want to be called Harold? Or as someone in my family said, as we talked about this around the dinner table, why does God want to be called Hello? It's confusing, isn't it? I think most adults, if you ask them what it meant, they would say at the beginning of the prayer, you've got to praise God. That's a good way to start. Our Father in heaven, your name is great. It's praise. But that's not right. Hallowed has a meaning. And it's a verb. We are asking God to do something. Hallowed be your name, be your reputation. And the word hallowed means holy-fied. It's the verb form, it's the verb meaning of holy. Make your name holy. Make your reputation holy. Make your name honoured. That is God's agenda for the world and for your life. We like to make a name for ourselves, don't we? We dream about it. When we're younger, I dreamed that I'd win Wimbledon, and that would certainly make a name for myself. Muhammad Ali wanted to make a name for himself. He changed his name, and then he said, I am the greatest. It worked. Some people use religion to make a name for themselves by the way they give and by the way they pray and by the way they fast. Matthew chapter 6. God wants to make a name for himself. He wants his name honoured. The Muslims understand this, don't they? They are big on honour. And so for some Muslims, when someone dishonours the name of Allah and the name of Muhammad, they take action. Terrorists stormed the journalist office in Paris back in 2014. For the journalists there, in their view, had desecrated the name of Allah. As they shot up the journalists, they cried out, Allah is great. And they restored the honour of his name. God doesn't need people to do that. And it would bring great dishonour to our God's name, wouldn't it? Now how does God honour his name? By showing his grace, by showing his justice, by showing his mercy. 
by his people honouring his name, by their words and by their lives, and by people coming to submit to Jesus. So how do you pray this? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's not just what you repeat when you do the disciples' prayer. It's how you pray all your prayers for every person you're praying for. So when you're praying for yourself, you repent of trying to make a name for yourself and you pray not just that things will work out for, well for you this week or that you'll be blessed or that you'll get better from your cold. You pray that you will honour God's name by the way you act in all those situations, that you will speak for the name of Jesus when the opportunity arises. When you pray for other people, when we're praying for Mel in her sickness, we're praying that she will honour God's name. That's God's agenda, isn't it? And of course we're praying that right throughout the world his name would be honoured as people submit to Jesus. When you realise who you're praying to, our Father in heaven, it must change how you pray. Disciples pray that God's name would be honoured. Is that how you pray? This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Jesus announced, didn't he, the kingdom of heaven is near. The long-awaited king had come and it's him. So blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's near, but not yet. For he's yet to die and rise and send his spirit. And even now it's not yet. He's yet to return in judgment and bring in the new heavens and the new earth. So how do disciples pray? Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come. It's not praying that God will bring in a new political or social system in the world. No, God's kingdom comes in people, into people's lives. And at the end, God's kingdom comes into history and judgment comes. This prayer here is a prayer for judgment, that God would end history and bring in his kingdom and vanquish his enemies. If you're not a Christian here tonight and you're praying your kingdom come, you're praying judgment on yourself. So repent before his kingdom does come. Some Christians can't help but pray this prayer. They pray it all the time, I imagine. For they are discriminated against, they are abused, they are imprisoned, they are killed, they are persecuted Christians. They know they're blessed because Jesus said so, but they pray your kingdom come. Is that our prayer? There was a bride once who was very stressed about getting ready for her wedding, for her wedding day just had to be perfect. Everything had to be just right. And so her bridesmaids were bearing the brunt of all of that, as you can imagine. There was great tension in the air. And finally, one of them said, you know, Jesus might return before your wedding day. And she snapped back. He wouldn't dare. <laughs> we can be a bit like that, can't we? There are things we'd rather do first, aren't there? 
We're often praying, it seems to me, for our bucket list, our education, our career, seeing our children grow up, our retirement, our travel plans. We pray about our kingdom that we want to come. It might be a sporting team, it could be your family, your business, your ministry, even your church that you want to see grow. That's your hope, your what you are living for and it fills up your prayers. But when you realise who you're praying to, then it must change how you pray. Not my kingdom come, but your kingdom come. That's how disciples pray. Is it how you pray? Well, finally, when you realise who you're praying to, you not only pray, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is the realm where God rules and no one opposes him. Our Father in heaven, your will be done on earth. In a way, it's the same as the first two requests, isn't it? It's not saying anything new in a way, but it's more particular, it seems to me. It's more personal. Hallowed be your name might be out there. Your kingdom come might be out there, but your will be done sounds a lot like it might affect me and you. So we need to be praying, don't we, that our wills will be changed. Lord, change my will so that my priority in life is not to get what I want, but to do what you want. As you're praying for your situations in life, and praying for your preferred outcome, we need to be praying, don't we, if it's your will. Some Christians will tell you you shouldn't be holding back like that. You should be bold, name it and claim it. And don't say, if it's your will, O Lord. Well, they should check out what Jesus said. Lord, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Whatever we ask for, we need to explicitly say, your will be done. That's how disciples pray, because they are not in charge. They're praying to our Father in heaven. Is that how you Well, the election was over uh, last week and it seems the result is finally known. I don't know about you, but most people I spoke to had had enough by election day. It went for a long time and the barrage was great. I'll tell you what really got to me, though. It wasn't the number of leaflets that came in the letterbox. People can send as many leaflets as they like. It's a free country. It's what the leaflets were about. For it was a federal election for the government of our nation. Our nation of over 20 million people in a world of many nations. And yet what were the local candidates telling us we should vote about? Traffic. 
traffic here. I should choose my representative to go into the parliament of the nation to decide on issues of refugees and foreign aid and the economy based on who is going to do the most about my traffic problems. Now, it's a very good election strategy, but there is something fundamentally wrong. It is my agenda and not the agenda that should be important. Christians are not much different, to be honest. I went to a big conference this week and there was going to be a guest speaker there, so I checked out the, the organisation in America, a big organisation that he had founded. I went to their website to check it out. The purpose of their organisation, it told me, was to strive to make me more successful. More successful spiritually, financially, emotionally, relationally. That was their purpose. It's not a bad description of a lot of our prayers, is it? But when we realise who we are praying to, we will want to pray. That's the key to wanting to pray, I think. We will know what to call God and how to pray, simply. And we will know what to pray about. As we pray about all sorts of things, our own lives, those we love and the world, we will pray not our agenda, but God's agenda. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this great privilege of being able to call you our Father. We thank you that you bought this for us by the death of Jesus. And you invite us to speak to you. We thank you that you are our Father in heaven. You know how to give good gifts and you have the power to give them. Please help us to ask. And Father, we pray that you would help us to remember that you are in heaven, that you rule over all things and that your agenda is what counts. We pray that would become obvious in our lives, in the way we live. And we pray that it would change how we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, 
The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth.